I grew up Muslim and British. Some people use their differences as an excuse to keep away from other people. Their universe is limited to those who look like them, or sound like them, or pray like them. But even from a young age, I wanted to believe that we had more in common than what drove us apart. I cherished our diversity and believed it was a good thing. The more different kinds of people contribute to society, the better off we all are. Even when I came across Abdul Qadir, I have to admit, I was surprised. Even though we were from different times and places, I was amazed by his generosity, moved by his courage, and inspired by his humanitarianism. He was proud of his religion, but at the same time he believed in our common humanity. Abdul Qadir once said, don't ask about a man's genealogy, but ask about his character, his life and his deeds. Drink the water, if it is pure, so is the source. Such wise words from a time when the world was even more divided than it is now. I'm Madassar Ahmed from the Toledo Society, and I'm excited to welcome you to the final installment of this three-part series, Who Was Emir Abdul Qadir, The Hero of Humanity? Sufism is a mystical branch of Islam, divided into orders that long ago spread across the world. Abdul Qadir's father was a wise Sufi leader, and he raised Abdul Qadir to be a Sufi, just like himself. In his writings on Algeria, the famous French political scientist and historian, Alex de Tocqueville, even mentioned Abdul Qadir's father by name. But Abdul Qadir's father made sure his son was educated, not just in the ways of Islam, but of the wider world. While coming of age in 19th century Algeria, he studied Greek philosophy, geometry and mathematics, rhetoric and poetry, and learned like many of his tribe, the life of a desert horseman. His father took him to Syria and to Egypt, where he met the great reformer and leader Muhammad Ali, who was busy transforming his country into a modern nation with the latest technology and most sophisticated institutions. Abdul Qadir impressed Muhammad Ali, but must have been impressed in turn. He returned to Algeria conscious of how fast the world was changing and deeply aware of the Muslim world's need to catch up with Europe. Without understanding these childhood experiences, we can't understand Abdul Qadir. We might appreciate his military strategy or his remarkable courage under fire but we miss the deeper vision behind it. After all, there's a reason the same man who built a state to resist the West later in life supported the Europeans in building the Suez Canal. Or we might focus on Abdul Qadir's interventions to save Syrian Christians and European diplomats and miss the deeper spiritual values guiding it. Abdul Qadir was a scholar and a sage who was forced by circumstance to turn to the sword. He became a noble warrior but only for as long as he needed to be, and not for a moment longer. Sufism grew out of the Muslim tradition, and it emphasizes the inner and private development of each person. If it is wrong to speak ill of others, as Islam teaches us, then Sufism encourages you not to even think ill of others. As you are without, be so within. For generations, Sufism was at the heart of the Islamic world. Whether in Southeast Asia or Northwest Africa, Abdul Qadir's Algerian experience was no different. He was raised in a Sufi lodge, followed Sufi saints, and drew much of his authority from his learning and his piety. 
This spiritual history is critical to understanding how Muslims, Abdul Qadir included, responded to colonial invasions. When European colonizers attacked Muslim societies and violently overthrew their governments, Sufis were the first to offer resistance. That's how Abdul Qadir found himself at the heart of a war to save Algeria from French occupation. Yet Abdul Qadir believed as a Muslim that there were clear limits to conduct in war. It was also part of Abdul Qadir's genius that he knew when war could no longer achieve its objectives and it was part of his resilience as a human being and a man of faith that Abdul Qadir did not take defeat on the battlefield to mean defeat in life. He withdrew to a life of learning and writing. Some of his earliest passions, he was happy doing so. But when the Christians of Syria came under attack, he knew that as a servant of God, he could not be silent. Far away in the mountainous Caucasus, history was going the same way. Just swap out the names of the countries involved. Russia was invading Chechnya and the Sufis mobilized resistance. Their war was led by a commander called Imam Shamil. Like Abdul Qadir, Imam Shamil was a Sufi, inspired by Islam's universal and humanitarian values. Imam Shamil took great care to protect innocent life, respect different religions and cherish human brotherhood. Shamil recognized a kindred spirit in Abdul Qadir. The 19th century Chechen Imam is on record praising his Algerian counterpart for his courage to do what his faith requires, to protect the innocent. Abdul Qadir's courage in protecting innocent life had a surprisingly powerful influence on the world we are fortunate to live in today. The 2013 International Humanitarian Law Conference in Algiers reveals one of Amir Abdul Qadir's most profound legacies. The conference took place in 2013 to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the International Committee of the Red Cross, the 130th anniversary of Abdul Qadir's death and the 50th anniversary of Algerian independence. This conference concluded that Abdul Qadir was an undisputed leader in the codification of modern international humanitarian law. While Abdul Qadir's principles for the treatment of prisoners were Quranically inspired and sanctioned, they were also a major source of the Geneva Convention's ruling on treatment of prisoners of war, upheld by the United Nations. In other words, the way that Abdul Qadir treated his prisoners with such integrity, compassion and respect might have been inspired by his Muslim faith but that treatment also inspired the Geneva Convention. I like to think that the Emir would be astonished by how much influence he had over the world we live in. I like to think he'd be moved by the overlap between traditionally Muslim and modern Western beliefs about the sanctity of life. We have more in common that drive us apart. Just a quick note regarding Toledo Society. 1400 OMG is one podcast in a network of podcasts called Toledo Society. To find out more, visit ToledoSociety.com. Some of the French who supported conquering Algeria wanted the territory for its resources and strategic location. Others went much further, advocated a policy of extermination a genocide of the local population so the French could settle the land. 
Such extreme Islamophobia meant that Abdul Qadir was at first passionately hated. He was seen as a representative of a corrupt, backward religion which barely deserved to be called a civilization and may even have deserved annihilation. Grudgingly, however, the French came to respect him and then even admire him. Soon the world celebrated him. Though French and European colonialism was changing the world for the worse, he was changing it for the better. Islamophobia in 19th century Europe was a lot worse than it is today. Even under these circumstances, Abdul Qadir managed to reach the hearts and minds of Europeans everywhere. He made the sternest Islamophobes doubt themselves. On meeting him, a French general described him in glowing terms. His clothes were no different than most common Arab. He's pale and resemble portraits one sees of Jesus Christ. His entire complexion is that of a monk. Abdul Qadir died in 1883 and was buried at his request beside the tomb of the great Spanish Sufi Ibn Arabi, who had also made his way to Syria centuries before. With Abdul Qadir's passing, the New York Times wrote of the nobility of his character no less than the brilliancy of his exploits in the field. Long ago won him the admiration of the world. The newspaper continued, if to be an ardent patriot, a soldier whose genius is unquestioned, whose honor is stainless, a statesman who could weld the wild tribes of Africa into a formidable enemy, a hero who could accept defeat and disaster without a murmur. If all these things constitute a great man, Abdul Qadir deserved to be ranked amongst the foremost few great men of the century. I hope there are more Abdul Qadirs around the corner. Until then, we can still study his life and practice his values and principles to positively change the world around us. Muslims, especially young Muslims, need to know that their faith and their co-religionists also help shape the world we live in today. When I launched this series, I decided to call Abdul Qadir a hero of humanity. And now finally I can tell you why he's a hero. Not just because of his bravery in battle, or his pious determination in prison, or his courage in his old age, it's simpler than that. He was the same within as he was without. We know this because he was the same in private as he was in public. He acted the same way whether his followers were watching or he was shut away in his cell far away from the world's attention. His behavior wasn't a performance. He was driven by values and a code of honor. This meant he wasn't aggressive for the sake of being aggressive or passive for the sake of being passive. When the need called for it, he resorted to arms to defend people's rights. And when the time had passed, Abdul Qadir left the battlefield, but he never left behind his commitment to people's dignity and humanity. Like many people born into a faith tradition, I search for spiritual meaning and direction. I find guidance in the life of a freedom fighter, an underdog, a prisoner who maintained his beliefs in extraordinary circumstances and who worked to protect all faiths. I'm not Algerian, not even African or Arab, but find inspiration in Abdul Qadir's life and story. It fills me with pride, and when I am moved by something, I simply must share it. I have no choice but to. How can I keep such a wonderful story to myself? Studying the life of Abdul Qadir makes me wonder how many more people are there out there like him. And who out there, maybe even listening in now, might be the next Abdul Qadir? From Toledo Society, I'm Mudassar Ahmed, and you've been listening to the final episode of our series, 
who was Amir Abdul Qadir, the hero of humanity. And what better way to leave you than with the Algerian singing sensation Sheb Khaled's widely popular song, Abdul Qadir. Merci. Merci.